Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It started when my mom died. Without her, I began to fade. How come nobody woke me up? Hey! Well, I wouldn't give for a good night's sleep. Why are you all pretending I'm not here? But they weren't pretending. I had disappeared from sight and from memory. Eventually, you adapt. I live a pretty normal life. I have a job. This girl has a sixth sense. Thank you. I show people as they really are. Hey! Why are you following those people? You can see? I'm not letting you back in. Wait! Stay away from me. I can't. You're the only person who can... Who can what? I'm invisible. Right. I need you to believe me. Get out of the street. I'm the only guy in the whole world who can see you. What am I supposed to do with that? I think we're supposed to help each other. Maybe if I can fix what I broke, things will go back to normal for both of us. So you're just gonna restart my fighting career, and then you gotta give me back with Juliana. I don't date losing. We need to get you better venues, bigger fights. How are you gonna match me up with better fighters? Just get me a list. I have some news. So you're fighting Carlos Suarez. How did you pull that off? And the winner is Shane You looked great out there. I want you to be real. The shadow girl. If you're trying to make me jealous, it's worth it. What were you doing with Juliana? She's using you. Holly, wait up. I care about you, Holly, but whatever you lost, you gotta face what happened. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTamPod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. 
Welcome back to Take Cold's Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, friends. Hello, everyone. Um, how was your Labor Day weekend, gentlemen? Good. How's this going? Good. <laughs> no, I just asked a question to start. It has nothing to do uh, with that. You're such a liar. You could hear in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's essentially what, what I'm getting at is I realized, um, like, I had the, uh, I guess kind of blessing because I, I've been needing to do stuff, but I didn't have anywhere to really go this weekend. So I was able to, um, I like straightened up and cleaned my apartment. And I, if you told myself 15 years ago to that, after that, I'm like, oh, that was a good weekend. I wouldn't have believed you, but all I did was hang posters on my wall, clean my apartment, uh, play some video games and stuff. But uh, yeah, so uh, old Mark is, is starting to, understand the idea of being a homebody i guess in that sense exciting yeah, labor day weekend the, the older you get the better it is to just stay home yeah i learned that years ago <laughs> oh yeah yeah we yeah. drove three and a half hours both ways for labor day weekend and we're still are not recovered yet so <laughs> wait till comic-con we're gonna be oh, dead yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gonna need a week to recover yeah it was it, it's like the one thing that confuses me um, i was talking to, to dan about this uh, separately, but uh, that my this one Dan? this Dan, yes, this Dan, that Dan. I hope I, hope I remember this. <laughs> um, about my one uh coworker who doesn't like to work from home, and I just oh, yes. don't get it. I, I'm like the whole thing about you know I got to work at home for about four hours um a couple of days ago because our internet was out um in the whole company, and basically it's a lot easier for us, or at least my part of the job, to just do it with an internet connection than on my cell phone. Um. So I got home and it was great. Like emails were barely coming in. I got the work done and was just able to sit around and, you know, do do a little bit of chores. But it just got me thinking about that guy that's like so apprehensive about working from home. But Dan enlightened me a little bit. And I guess maybe I'll get there um, when I actually share an apartment with somebody. Um, is that maybe just it just doesn't want to be home? You know he what hates I mean? his wife. Yeah, I, that's what I told him. Like, yeah. Basically, he he hates his home life. I don't know if I didn't want to say anything in case he listens to this, and I don't yeah. know him, and I don't want to get yeah. you in trouble, Mark. But no, yeah, no, no, no. he he just does not want to be around his family. Yeah, or as he says to me, he's like, "What do I do? Sit around, you know, in my room?" I'm like, "Yeah, that kind of sounds great." But I, it also yeah, it. yeah, it also showed to me getting to the point that even though we're getting older, it's funnier to see that there's still real differences um in the generations like you don't become this like giant hive mind as i was told when you get older oh when you get older you'll turn into this and i'm like no i still have not you know i still love the new stuff like uh working from home and remote working i don't feel like i need to be in an office which i was told i would want to when i got older but yeah it was just a weird weekend in terms of realizing my age and stuff like that in terms of you know, cleaning and straightening up an apartment was just as good as going out to a billion barbecues. Um, and also finding out that, uh, you know, maybe I should be asking for one day a week from home to work at, when I speak to my bosses later this month. So good weekend for Mark. That's why I asked how your guys weekend went, because if it was terrible. I wouldn't have brought this up. Well, it was terrible. And now you brought it up. So what a fucking asshole. <laughs> <sighs> I, I am an asshole. Jesus, you, Jesus fucking Christ, Mark! I, sh I should put all I like, should put all my I should put all my uh, I should put all my uh, bits on "Am I the asshole?" Reddit. Yeah. Before I before mean, I uh, before I bring them to air. Do you even think about how your words are affecting others? Just 
fuck's sakes. I guess I guess we should start this podcast now. Great. Yeah. Maybe uh, if I was invisible. We're yeah. on the right well, track. It's also Mark's pick this week, <laughs> and he picked the movie that was an hour and 50 minutes plus commercials. So, Mark, why don't you well, tell I, us what fucking movie oh, you made us watch this week? Real quick, Mark, before you answer... You, you say what it is. I know exactly why you picked this movie. The One of the... Ant, you're going to love this. The main character, one of the main characters, was in a Fast and Furious movie. That's why he picked it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, don't lie. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was in the way. Mm-hmm. No, I picked, it, I picked it. I picked it. There's a movie connection here. Um, so, uh, and also, uh, I found out um, this movie was free on Prime, too. So, I don't know. You guys caught that, but I had no commercial. Um, Just rubbing salt wait, in the wound. Wait, 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 like, yeah, this is not proving the point that you aren't an asshole. <laughs> this is my villain turn. Jeez, um, yeah, it's about time. <laughs> I needed to go oh, heal. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I actually picked this movie uh, the day after I saw Oppenheimer because. Uh, one of the short cameos for one of the scientists was an actor, uh, Olivia Thirlby. Um, most of you probably know her from Juno or Dread, depending on where you fall on that scale. Um, and uh, I have no yeah, idea so... where I fall on that scale. <laughs> Do you know her from both? I know her from uh, both. Okay. <laughs> Which one did you like I mean... better? Um, <laughs> I probably I probably liked her better in a smaller movie called The Wackness, but um, that's just me. Um, but yeah, so I saw her in Oppenheimer, and I was like, oh, you know, I want to see, like, what she's been up to, what newer stuff she's doing outside of the the aforementioned, you know, Dread was probably the most recent thing I re- remembered her in. Um, and then I found this movie and saw uh, the premise, so I picked Above the Shadows, um, and it basically the premise is um, that this girl is basically invisible to the world, and, and only this one guy can see her. Um, and I thought it was going to have some stupid... Um, like sci-fi premise, or Ant even brought up in our chat one of the ideas that I thought for the ending was going to happen, and just you know um, rant on that. And then I also saw the cast list had Jim Gaffigan and Megan Fox, and just a weird mashup of of actors um, in the movie. But um, yeah, there there's just I think the the part about this that I got most um, you know discouraged about is the one thing that I have mentioned multiple times on this website is or on this podcast um that i just i just don't like questions that are unanswered that you could answer in just one sentence um and i don't like the explanations i was getting by reading up of people just going oh it's just a fantasy i'm like but that doesn't that's not satisfying enough you know like like why is she invisible we really never find out and it really was frustrating me and then i saw dan wrote fuck this movie and I am excited to hear what he thinks. Okay. Well, speaking of that, Dan, where are you coming from with Above the Shadows? Uh, yeah, uh, what Mark said. Th- that's my sentiments on this movie. Uh, frustrating from beginning to end. Just a terrible concept. Uh, I don't. Maybe not a terrible concept, but a terribly executed concept. Because you you have something that. It, they just they shove in your face right away with this uh, theme of the main character disappearing. She disappears. Why? We don't know. Uh, it, what does it take to bring her back? We don't know. It's never explained. I would have loved, I would have settled for, he had, she was the one who died. Yeah. I, I would have settled for that. It would have been terrible, but 
it's way better than no explanation. Um, I, I was frustrated with that. I was frustrated that they didn't explain the rules of this movie. You, yeah. you can't just spring on a ghost story. And, and She's not, not a ghost. Yeah. It's, it's, I didn't know that. I thought she was a ghost at first. I was like, she was like, can she interact with the the world? Can she not interact with the world? Because she's talking about how she doesn't like going into crowds, but her job is to go into clubs and get candid photos. So, what? Where is the where is the thought process there? What are the rules? I I don't yeah. know. Um, this this movie was basically it's a wonderful life for MMA fighters. <laughs> where yeah. right because she she screws up this guy his life and then basically says i'm going to help you um get back into the good graces of the fighting world uh and she's a terrible person the entire time oh yeah she's awful yeah so it, it wasn't even a redemption story and if it yeah. was it's a poorly done redemption story. Yeah, the redemption happens in the last 15 minutes of the movie, which is not long enough for a redemption story. I, and, and that's the other the, the third act just yes. it's ridiculous. It, it the movie sets this one tone and then in the third act does a complete 180 with it. Yeah. where it, it turns into more of a drama and you're just it, it's such a tonal shift that it it doesn't make sense uh why doesn't the family remember her why are there no pictures of her before that do they do the pictures exist do they not exist why does the dad know who she is all of a sudden why does no one freak the fuck out when she appears in the ring at the end <laughs> thank you no, no one talks about it megan yeah. fox is there and she's just like oh well you fought well shane and like why is this not a bigger yeah i guess i guess you're story. in love with the girl that uh, appeared in the ring, so I'm fine to let you go. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it was a frustrating movie. I, yeah, uh, uh, Olivia Olivia Thrillby, God bless her. She was doing her best to really make a a, a good scenario out of a bad situation. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I I I get what they were trying to do, but there were so many bad choices that it, it just I wound up smacking my head a few times just in disbelief. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I'll definitely jump on board with you there is, of all the characters in the movie, I understood her character the best. Like, um, in terms of why, you know, she was the way she was and why she took that, that job is she just, like, thought nobody cared and, you know, you know, and everybody, you know, was, was you know, not worthy to be taken care of. You know, like, her, her character was... And motivations, I could, I could sort of figure it out on her. Um, she, the MMA guy kept fluctuating, um, and I had no idea where he was. And then Megan Fox's character was just um, there. Um, and Megan Fox. Yeah, yeah, I was just, yeah, just didn't know if you know where she. I, I'm assuming. I guess the thing at the end tells you she's a gold digger. Um, and then you know, and then Tito Ortiz, um, like. I guess he's the only one they could get for this movie um, uh, in terms of an MMA fighter because he added nothing. Um, to well, his, it. his career was ba is basically done. Yeah. Right? He, he doesn't fight professionally anymore. So it, yeah. it was, he's still a well-known name. So let's, let's yeah. get somebody. Yeah. And then just, just some of the little things like you were mentioning the rules. Um, I couldn't tell if she couldn't touch anybody. Um, yeah. Like 
they would know she was there. She touched them because she avoided touching people outside of him. Um, and then also how quickly he went from "you're fucking nuts" to wanting to sleep with her is like in the, in the matter of a day. Fast. Yeah. yeah, pretty much in the matter of a day. Yeah, and then I did love that um, they didn't make her 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 um, character um, like one hundred percent when she says, "Oh, I'm going to redeem you." Like that she didn't do it 100% like good and straight, you know, it was, you know, in her character was finding out secrets about people. So that's how she helped them win was finding out people's secrets. I'm glad they stuck to that instead of just having her, you know, do things the right way. Um, as we've said before, with a bunch of movies we've watched, there's like a little kernel of an idea here. Um, I think as cliche as it is, I would have liked the idea of, you know, she was dead the whole time or something. Um, more than what they did. I didn't need the happy ending going back to the family story. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, it was it was extremely frustrating and definitely felt like one of those movies where, you know, somebody's giving a lot more effort than everyone else around them. As for me, yeah. It's an hour and 50 minutes. Shouldn't be an hour and 50 minutes. I, keep, I hate to keep harping on runtime, but fuck, man. An hour and 50 minutes for this movie is way too fucking long for a sci-fi a fantasy mma movie why is this an mma movie <laughs> no I why don't. is this an mma movie yeah yeah that's a great question man well well so so you can get the cutaways to the guy going yeah do it you got it yeah champ I, so fucking it, so fucking tonally changes the whole movie because the movie itself treats her it's called a condition so earnestly and then to just juxtapose that with <laughs> meaty men slapping me, essentially. Why not have him just be a, a movie star? Yeah, could yeah. have been just a movie star. I don't know why. Why is this movie a period piece? This yeah, is not right? place. This not place take take place in 2019 because of the cell phones. Dead giveaway. Right. Thank you. Right, they all have like this the flip phones or the slide phones. Yeah, why does very- this take place in 2006? No fucking idea. <laughs> They definitely had a deal with whichever phone carrier that was because they probably Nokia or Samsung or something. Maybe Samsung, yeah. But I'm I'm glad you pointed that out, eh? Because I was like, that am I losing my mind here? Yeah, it's it's odd, especially when her job is to take pictures on her <laughs> cell phone from cell phones that are almost twenty years old. It's so weird to have it as a period piece where that is a main focal point of our character's job when we know how advanced technology now is in that exact yeah. instance. <laughs> yeah, how grainy those 2006 phone pictures are going to be. You can't make I mean, a living off of those things. The, 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 time pe- the time period doesn't play a factor in the movie. No, I have no idea why she is taking pictures on a flip phone. And selling them to David Johansson. Second David Johansson movie mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm glad Megan Fox, like, I'm glad that they didn't go the route of, like, oh, she's just, she's the evil bitch. And she's yeah. just standing there. Waiting. Just like, oh, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm just going to hitch my wagon to the next star I find. I thought that was yeah. kind of funny. Uh, what happens if he got her pregnant? <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> like, nobody gives birth to a child. Yeah. Right? right. They would have no idea why there's a child coming out of thin air, or, or there's or, just a child floating in. Yeah, there's a fetus. Around. There's a fetus floating <laughs> around. <laughs> oh Jesus! 
Oh, that all right. So <laughs> I I feel a little grossed out by saying this, but it has to be asked. The the scene where Shane and Holly, Olivia Thirlby's character, uh, that when they they do it on the rooftop, mm-hmm. she's got to be rocking a mean bush, right? Yeah, I mean, she does do the whole "Ooh, I'm gonna get gussy myself up" for like the first time ever. Okay, so you so... think she took care of herself? Because someone who doesn't is invisible. They're probably not taking care of them. You know, they're not doing the whole right. nine yards down there. Yeah. She went through the trouble about putting on lipstick and all that kind of stuff. So I'm assuming because she knew she knew she, she was getting it in that night. So right? It was pre-planned on her end. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe hoping. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. She wore she wore the black underwear. You know, she was fucking. <laughs> she decided. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, the the only thing with like just sitting here now that Ant brought up the baby thing, like a lot of the little we keep mentioning the rules of the universe, like theoretically everything she's touching like her cell phone would be just floating yeah like is her cell phone invisible? like now i'm like breaking down the rules in my head like you know her sister's clothes shouldn't be invisible mm-hmm. yeah you know like uh that's why the whole dead thing should have been um you know the the final outcome also um, yeah. you're you're invisible to the world and you still decide to work mm-hmm. oh that was why would you do that yeah just take things <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't need to ever order out. No. Yeah, just literally go and steal things. Wait, wait. Why, why wouldn't she be able to ever order out? Why wouldn't she need to? She still has to eat, right? She still no, has to eat. She still has to poop. No, meaning we. No, meaning just steal it. Oh, like gotcha. you don't need to actually have a delivery man come to you. Well, sure. If you want to eat apples and oranges for the rest of your life, sure, you could just True. steal them off vegetable carts. But she wants something. She's like know. Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing loaves of bread. Well, that's she, wa- she, she wants DoorDash just she wants DoorDash as much as you. Which, although it's 2006, I assume so that doesn't that doesn't exist. So she's doing right. it the old fashioned way. She's texting the pizza place. Guess. Yeah. Can I, they? He- they can't hear her, right? Even no. on the phone. Yeah. No. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So how is she doing it? Either can you order online? Text. Is that a thing? Texting? I don't know. I don't know about in in the period of time that we're supposed to be i don't know what i don't remember what the uh the pizza i'm pretty sure you called and they delivered yeah that makes sense huh. i guess the you could, uh, get a ro- you could get a robo voice to order for you i suppose that's oh that's true like a voice to uh yeah. text kind of thing yeah yeah i guess that makes sense. uh my my other gripe with this movie is so this is supposed to be uh a redemption arc for olivia thurby thurby's character holly right so she's she's trying to save shane's life or, or rebuild shane's life mm-hmm. and in doing so she is ruining other people's lives yeah so she's, she's not perfect no she's robbing peter to pay paul here yeah right so it is it is interesting that she is kind of a piece of shit <laughs> and it's all it's all self-inflicted in terms of this whole infliction she has Right? Yeah, she's the one who takes the pictures and I'm talking about like the whole invisible thing. Like everyone else was, the whole the whole point is that she's super selfish. She thought she was the only one that quote unquote lost her mom. Yeah. And she's the only, the only one affected by it. Yeah. And then they had she has three other people in her life that were grieving too. They didn't go fucking invisible. Yeah. 
Well, is it because they knew that everyone else was hurting? But it, it's never shown. We don't I mean, see them all mourning or anything like that. Yeah, they mourn in the in the dysfunctions that they each carry with them, right? Yeah, that's what they say. The brother's a weirdo with the feet and the legs. Yeah. Her yeah, sister yeah. is obsessed with how she looks, and her dad throws himself into work that he doesn't even care about. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, um, one is insecure, one is lonely, and one never got over it. Yeah. It still doesn't make sense as to why there'd be no memory of her. No, it would yeah, make you... more sense if it was like they just think she's missing. Yes. yes. Like she disappeared. She'd run away or something run like away. that. And they've spent the last 20 years looking for her. Yeah, I, I think that is a great way to do it. Just, oh, you know, life has been hard since we lost your mom and your sister. Like, no, I'm right here. Dad, I'm right here. Yeah. And she's trying to interact with things and it's just it's not getting through. Yeah. But just saying like one day she woke up and yeah, I no one paid attention to me. Right. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I, I thought they almost had something at the end when she throws that kaleidoscope thing and it breaks and then he stops seeing her. I'm like and then she wasn't in the mirror. And I was just like, oh, is this where we're going to reveal that, you know, she died? You know, I, I was what I was thinking, Mark, was going to be when she follows uh, her father, uh, Jim Gaffigan, to the, the cemetery to visit the mom. It was going to pan over and show her. Yep. Uh, uh, her, yeah. her gravestone. I thought that I thought her sister was going to say something when she finally when her husband finally realizes that she's pregnant because her sister goes into this whole thing about, you know, she wasn't the favorite. The yeah, the mom picked right. chose favorites, so that's like an inkling that there is an idea of Holly still existing, right? Because yeah, Holly yeah. was obviously the favorite. Oh, yeah, the mother, can, yes, because yeah. they show that in the beginning of the movie, them hanging out more. Yeah. And then she says that mom liked to pick favorites, and I thought she was going to say something, and it's bit like something like, and it's been so hard since Holly died, or something like that. And that was yeah. going to be the sixth sense moment where it all comes flooding back to Holly, but no. It's a it's a conceit of an invisible girl that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, because she was 12. You're 12 years old. You lose your mom. Of course, you're going to you're going to internalize that. It's it's hard to for a child to deal with those consequences, to deal with those those situations, I'd imagine. So Mm -hmm. it'd be different if she was a 20 something year old who just was always selfish in life, but that we don't see her as a selfish child. Right. Right. She's, she was always forgotten about essentially in that family other than the mother. But was she Yeah, at the dinner table? They, for, <sighs> really... the father forgot to give her dinner. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to like, cause we're not supposed to dislike Jim Gaffigan at right. all. We're not supposed to dislike the brother or the sister. So it's like, it's weird that, that's the case like it's just like the it's like an extreme middle child syndrome sort of situation it's like it feels like it should be unreliable narrator that's what it feels like it should be it's like you weren't forgotten about you're just selfish but there's no reason to think that she was selfish because she's fucking 12 years old yeah yeah exactly i i think we needed a scene where maybe there's some lore dump that the, the kaleidoscope plays a part in it. Like, uh, I, I don't know. It's just some sort of explanation as to why you disappear. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because yeah, you, you can't just spring that on us and say, yeah, you just, one day I woke up and I was gone. Yeah. And like to bring back the cool, the kaleidoscope thing and have it not really mean anything, you yeah. know, yeah. from what I could gather, um, maybe it's just showing that's her lowest point, maybe, but that still doesn't make sense. It, it mm-hmm. felt to me like they had a great, like, sort of idea for the movie, but didn't want to go all the way with it because maybe they thought it was cliche or. Maybe they want a positive outcome to the movie. Um, like, it was all laid there for a perfect 7 out of 10, you know, a movie about, a, like, six sensing, as you said, where someone doesn't know they're dead, um, is still able to interact with the world because they're in some in-between. Um, and then it takes this helping this guy to realize that, and then she can move on. That like, would be perfect, better. Perfect 7 out of 10. You know, you have... You know, good actress leading the way. You have Jim Gaffigan take a, a drama turn in this. You know, you 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 can subvert, um, you know, ideas and not have Megan Fox be a bitch you like like they even did in this movie. But you know, you could have still had your little twist to the story. But they just needed to go, even if it felt cliche, the the full way with that. Because what they did by making it a fantasy, literally by making her come back and the dad see her opens up a whole can of worms of questions um, mm-hmm. about the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and they just didn't, I think they just got focused on what the lesson they wanted to have in the movie be, which is that, you know, other people grieve too, and it's not all about you sort of thing. And they didn't try and fit that into what was actually happening in the world. And I think that's the frustrating part for me. Why, why does, maybe I missed it and they do explain it. But why does why is Shane the only person that could see Holly? They don't. They don't explain it. I, okay, so that's a problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it would. I thought it would make more sense if they're having a, a one one on one, like a heart to heart kind of thing, where she's asking, "Why can why can you see me? Why you?" And it's well, you know, you're not the only one who's been forgotten by society, kind of thing, like right? Because he ever since he got caught cheating on Megan Fox. His yeah. his life took a turn for the worse, and he fell out of the spotlight in the MMA. Right? Yeah, yeah. that's how they I'm, tried to connect them, but it still makes no sense. Talk about a huge misunderstanding of the fan base of MMA fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cheated on your girlfriend? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Get this guy out of here. <laughs> Who? This ain't my not my fucking champion. <laughs> Yeah, Dana White is just shaking his head in disgust. Gross. He brought shame to the world of MMA. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan won't even have him on his podcast. <laughs> he has the standards. Line, the line in the sand that he draws. I, and I like how, so in over the course of the movie, uh, Holly is uh, blackmailing these other fighters so that Shane could get uh, easy victories. So the the first guy that he face uh, Shane faces, apparently he takes steroids, and it's like, oh man, he's the worst again. It's fighting. You're gonna tell me these guys, some of these guys aren't on some type of uh, PED at right. one point or another. So again, the best when when they get the other guy for banging a 16 year old, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That that's probably a, a better cause for blackmailing. Hey. And also, she probably should have gone to the cops anyway. Right. Now, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to let you just continue to be a child predator. 
as long as you let my boyfriend win this fight. <laughs> so, Above the Shadows from 2019 is directed by Claudia Myers. There's a couple of credits directing to her name, but nothing major. Stars, Olivia Thurlby, Alan Richson, Jim Gaffigan, Patricia Pinto, Maria Dizia, Megan Fox, Tita Ortiz, David Johansson, Justine Katsanis, Owen Campbell. IMDb score of 6.1, Rotten Tomato score of 70%, which is That's 7 true. out of 10 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And three of them coming from the same website. So I uh, didn't find a budget, but there was a box office of $1,594. <laughs> That's more believable. <laughs> you guys want to get on plot? Let's do it. All right. Dan, what you got for us? Uh, you know, real quick, please go check out a couple podcasts that we are really good friends with. Uh, the Top Ten with Tia. Uh, that's a weekly podcast where Tia and her co-host, Brittany, run down the top ten movies or uh, top ten list of the week, which could be movies, TV, uh, video games, you name it. Uh, and speaking of video games, also go check out the Game Vault podcast with our good friend, Mark. And that is a bi-weekly podcast where they talk about old video games, games that they're playing, games they're looking forward to, video game news. So if that's something you like, uh, go check out Game Vault Podcast. They're on any uh, platform that you get your podcast at. They also stream on Twitch at Game Vault Podcast. So uh, yeah, go check them out. Okay, great. And we're going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into plot four above the shadows we are introduced to holly played by olivia thurlby as she talks about her life and her family she's the middle child of the family and her mom seems to favor her just a little bit her brother's a smart one her sister's a pretty one also his dad her dad is jim gaffigan in a terrible wig i don't know why they needed to give him a wig i don't know he could have just had his balding wig yeah, like he had Jim Gaffigan has looked the same for like 20 years regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually her mom gets cancer and dies, leaving Holly with a kaleidoscope necklace and an overwhelming feeling that she just goes unnoticed in life. 
so much so that she wills it into existence and becomes not just invisible, but also as if she never existed. Eventually, she grows up and moves to the city, and she's got her own place in a corporate rental place, which I guess was easier to rent. She works as a paparazzo for David Johansson and communicates with him through text messages. She gets jobs, take pictures of celebs in situations that only she can find them in because she's invisible. As long as they're in that one club. Yes. (laughs) She doesn't venture outside of that, like, five block radius. Well, because it's very exclusive and it's not a huge crowd, I suppose. Uh, Okay, there we go. Her family is dysfunctional at this point. Her brother spends time in the family basement where he takes videos of girls walking by, specifically just their legs. Her sister got married, but she still obsesses over her looks. And her dad buried himself in work as a commercial real estate uh, employee. One night, she's at a club doing her usual job, following someone when a bouncer sees her and kicks her out. She tries to talk to him, but he kicks her out of the club and closes the door in her face. She goes home and realizes that the bouncer was a famous MMA fighter named Shane that she took pictures of cheating on his model girlfriend, and his career spiraled out of control afterwards. So after watching some videos about him online, she goes to track him down. And she tells him that she was the one that took the photos of him, but she apologizes and says she thinks she could help him rehab his image. My favorite thing about her realization here is that apparently she found all the newspaper magazines from five years ago that had the photo that she took mm-hmm. in it. And I'm like, does she, that led to the question, like, does she just have like a box of every single newspaper that she's ever had a photo on the front page of? Probably. Yeah, like. The fact that it was five years ago just made it more insane when, once they said that. I was like, holy shit. She tags along with him in a, to a meeting with his manager to prove to him that she's invisible to everyone but him. So while he's talking with his shitty manager, she basically is telling him the truth that his manager is, is keeping from him by looking over the manager's shoulder and at his phone. So after the manager tries to get him to agree to some reality poker competition... They go outside and she tries to explain to him that she's invisible and steps in front of a cab, but he pulls her out of the way. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one who wanted to see him in that poker tournament? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting. That would have been a little turn. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we meet Megan Fox's character. Yeah, maybe she was a poker player. Who knows? I, just, I think this probably could have been a better movie if, oh, it would have made more perfect sense. She, she can tell him. She him. helps him how to cheat. Exactly. She could tell him what every player has in their hand. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you not do that? Yeah. That's a fun little comedy romp. Yeah. Or like, like counting, helping counting cards and stuff like that. Like he could have made a whole run at a casino and just like wiped them out, essentially. Mm-hmm. God, I can't believe I just thought of that. <laughs> so he believes she's invisible and tells her to come to his apartment the next morning if she's still invisible. So she shows up the next morning. Takes his dog on a walk and he tells her about his life story, about what got him into fighting and how no one ever believed in him. She talks about trying to get him into more fights and he says he's still fighting. So he invites her to some sort of underground MMA that looks like it's being held in some sort of auto body shop. And he beats the other dude and gets 300 bucks for his troubles. So she decides to go and help him with more high profile fights to get his career back on track. She does her research and comes across a guy named Carlos Suarez who who was accused of using steroids, so he has a bit of a tarnished reputation. She goes to Suarez's apartment and starts texting him from her phone as someone that is interested in setting up a fight with him. Eventually, Suarez agrees. Holly goes back to Shane and tells him about how she became invisible after her mom died. And while she's there, his manager calls to tell him about that he has a fight with Suarez. 
So Shane goes into training and we see a bit of a montage during a training session. She tells him a little bit more about her family and tells him that she can't go watch him fight because she doesn't do crowds. So he tells her that she could watch the fight from his apartment. Okay. But uh, it, uh, and apparently she has the skills to stitch herself as well. Yeah. It's like, like they introduce all these skills that she has. And then you have to realize, I guess you'd have to learn all that, you know, because she's, you follow the story literally. She has been on her own since she was twelve years old. Yep. Yeah. She she can't go to the hospital and get this stuff taken care yeah. of, right? Yeah. 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 It's just wild. She's yeah. If you're gonna live twenty years not being not being able to be seen, and you're not gonna swallow the business end of a shotgun, you gotta kind of be self sufficient, right? Yeah. I don't know how you would buy a gun. You just <laughs> take. It. I think you just, just take it. You, you could just take it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because apparently everything she touches becomes invisible. Right. Yeah, it's a good point, right? So she could just wait in a gun store and maybe when it's like super busy or wait till it closes, just stand there, wait till it closes, take what she needs and leave. Yeah. Would you want to go through, would you want to spend 20 years invisible? Yes. Or would you like take the easy way out? (laughs) No, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like you'd answered that too emphatically because everybody (laughs) knows if you have the superhero ability to become invisible, you aren't a superhero, you're a supervillain. Because there yeah. is no yeah. practical hero thing you could do with being invisible. So, now, all right, so hear me <laughs> out. This is what I would do, right? You'd be I Hollow know. Man. I know, I know what you would be. Yeah, essentially. But I, <laughs> but, but I, I wouldn't be super creepy like, like he was, like spying on naked women. I swear to God I wouldn't. Because I'm, I, I, that's the easy answer. What I would do is just rob the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I would just rob the banks. Uh, I would just take whatever I wanted. I would take whatever I wanted, go wherever I wanted, do whatever I wanted. You know, just my life would just be a vacation for 20 years. Okay. And then I would decide, okay, time to, I, I don't know how I would decide, but yep, time to come back into the real world and everyone could see me. But I'd be a billionaire, so it wouldn't matter. Right. I'd probably use it to just punch Elon Musk right in the dick. Uh, yeah, I would definitely do some like revenge stuff, right? I, I would sabotage some of those guys like uh, Musk and uh, Bezos. I'd sneak into like Mar-a-Lago and like really fuck with Trump. <laughs> yeah, like that's probably the closest to a hero you could be. It's going more vigilante just... though. Vigilante, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're more, you're just going around fucking with rich people. Well, it would be one of those things where I would move things on him, and he would think <laughs> maybe he's going insane. <laughs> she gets herself all dolled up and then goes to watch the fight from his place. Fight happens, and he wins by submission in the third round. Goes home and stopped by a reporter asking about the fight and everything, but Shane sort of blows him off and heads to the apartment. Shane and Holly go to the roof to look at an enormous moon for some reason. <laughs> Jen made a joke like oh, they're having this romantic evening watching this giant moon and there's like tsunamis on the other side of the world. <laughs> you think it would come to play like that's the reason why she's invisible. It's the moon. Oh, the giant yeah. Moon. Yeah. It's like like Mercury's in retrograde or something like that. Right. Or... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have turned the TV off if that was the <laughs> reason. Astrology is real, bros. <laughs> it's just one big uh, astrology movie. Yeah. yeah, they talk and he suggests that she's a figment of his imagination, which makes her get slightly upset. But it's a super valid theory, seeing as how he probably has CTE. True. But then they make out and the reporter snaps a picture of it. And the reporter runs off before Shane can stop him. 
Holly says, don't worry about it because she won't show up in the picture. And then they fuck, which is Holly's first time. Because, again, she's been invisible since she was 12. Yep, right. In the morning, Holly sees the front page of the New York Roast. And the picture <laughs> of her and Shane are on the front page, meaning that she's visible in that picture. So she's very excited about it. She's shadow girl. Why would she show up? So I feel like this is a thing where it's like she becomes visible because of love, right? I, I think that's what they wanted to make yeah. it seem as. She feels loved or is loved for the first time. But, but like she, her family, we're supposed to empathize with the three other members of her family that lost her mother. So it does to me, it doesn't make sense to us to throw out this idea that she was not loved by the three other members of her family. It just doesn't it doesn't it's not cohesive with not them not being villains. Exactly. Or people that we can't empathize with. Yeah, the only it's way it works is the only way it works is what you had mentioned earlier, Anne, is that if she's revealed to be an unreliable narrator. Yeah, right. That's the like, only way it works. Like, or, I could see- uh, real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it works if, as Anthony said, the family are just shitheads. Yeah, I was going to say, like, her mom, it's her mom, and then she has, like, a shitty stepdad. Her mom dies, and the shitty stepdad doesn't want anything with her, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. it's oh. super cliche, but it, it makes a lot of sense for the story. So like the, the brother and the sister are the stepbrother and sister. And yeah. yeah, she's the the real daughter of the mom. Yep. And she feels oh, yeah. invisible because it's not her real family. They're not blood related. Yeah. Perfect. Makes a lot more Perfect. sense. Yeah. Makes a lot more sense. Fucking 10 out of 10. <laughs> Later, Shane has a press conference before his next fight and they all most come to blows. And what we learn here is that Shane has fired his manager and Shane's ex Juliana King is still in his mind. The other fighter, Tommy Bones, gets into his limo where Holly is and she texts him incriminating photos of himself with a 16 year old and blackmails him to throw the fight. The next time Holly and Shane see each other, he gets a call from his ex Juliana congratulating him and basically coming back into his life. And they argue about it a little bit. But then they cut to the next fight and we immediately cut forward to Shane having already won. And Holly is setting up the next fight with Randy Couture, a.k.a. a fighter named Matei. She's basically plants the story with David Johansson, who runs a story that Matei was agreeing to a rematch with Shane. So she goes to Matei's place and Matei basically backdoor agrees to the fight because the rumor is already being spread. She sneaks into his apartment, tries to find some dirt on him, but he is clean. And he he doesn't want to seem like no coward. Right. Did did any of you guys think, or did either of you guys think, I should say, that they were gonna the the, the big reveal was that he's gay and he's like in the closet? That no, was I where I know. thought it was going. Nope. Okay. I, I, I thought check that at this point. <laughs> so I tried to <laughs> probably tried to stop thinking of things that were gonna happen. <laughs> it just, it was not worth your time. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so he's on the phone with someone, and immediately I was like, oh my, okay, it's it's his gay lover, and. He and she's going to find out about it and she's going to blackmail him with that. But it turned out to be his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, he's he's a mom's boy. He's a good he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. But I figured like they were going to say, oh, you know, he's gay. So that's bad. Right. Holly then goes to her sister's to steal some clothes and she finds her sister crying over a pregnancy test and then hides it in the trash. She tries to call Shane about it, but he doesn't answer. So she answers a call for some pictures of Juliana from David Johansson and goes to the bar to take some pictures. Juliana, played by Megan Fox, is having drinks with Shane, and they talk, but then Holly walks in. So they go out of the bar and argue, and he basically says that he wants a girlfriend that isn't invisible. 
and low blow, Shane. She admits yeah. that she fixed his last fight, and he storms off. So we get a sad montage of Holly going through the motions of taking photos of people in precarious situations. Till he comes by her apartment to apologize, basically tells her that she he doesn't blame her for his lost career. It was his own fault. She tries to make out with him, but he pushes her away. Then he tells her that she has to face what happened to her. Then waiting that maybe something else happened rather than just her mom died, which I thought this was going to be a revelation, but it wasn't. And she gets pissed and kicks him out. He goes but leaves her a ticket to his fight, saying he hopes she'll be there. He leaves and she breaks shit, including her mom's kaleidoscope necklace. And the next morning she wakes up and realizes she doesn't have a reflection. She tries to go see Shane at the gym, but the door is locked and now Shane can't see her anymore through the window. She does some depression walking and calls out to her mom in the park, asking her to asking her to tell her what to do. Yeah, one thing, going back to the gym thing. You would think if he heard knocking on a door or if he, I couldn't tell if he heard it. Like, he knows that this girl's invisible. Like, he wouldn't assume. Right. He you would know. know exactly who it is. Yeah. Or is it going with the theory of Ant's theory where it's just a trick in the brain where, you know, it's not so much as she's invisible that whenever she appears, it's like she's always been there or something like that. So, yeah, I wonder if because because he doesn't see her, he doesn't hear her and doesn't even remember her. Yeah. Until she oh, reappears to him. Yeah. I, I, I wish they could have done something like that because he does hear the knock. Does he, though? He looks You're, up. He yeah, looks it, up, but then she continues to knock, and he doesn't react. That's true. Yeah, so it's he just door. looking up. Does he just is she is he just finishing his workout, and he looks up? Is it just yeah, the? I, I didn't think of that. I don't know now. Jesus Christ! Because I thought so too, but then she continues to knock, and he just does not does not react whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, good point. I I don't know now. I I thought it was he uh, he knew something was there but couldn't see it, so he just kind of ignored it. Yeah. I don't know. Dear Lord. Holly goes to her sister's. She's taking another pregnancy test, but she's still not telling her husband. So Holly kicks the trash over, and he finds it, and he's so excited. But the sister is sad because she doesn't want her child to go through life thinking that all she has to offer is her looks. It was a dick move by her, I think. Um, I don't know. I think she thinks that her sister might be cheating on him. Uh, I don't. I didn't get that feeling. Well, she says it. Maybe. She says it, and then it's never resolved as to anything other than, like, she she thinks it, and then it's never resolved that it's definitely not. So she might still be thinking that. I, I thought it was, she just did, she just kept hiding it and hiding it and hiding it. So she decided, well, fuck it. I'm, since this is my last day anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show, make sure that he sees it. I mean, potentially. Yeah. yeah. It could be and either one. And if that's the case, that's not her, her decision to make. Mm. I guess it and, helps out though for the better and justify the means. Yeah, thankfully yeah. it I mean, it could have gone way it could have gone poorly. Like, why are you hiding this from me? How can I trust you? It could have gone fifty fifty, I think, but here it worked out for the best. Yeah, I, I think maybe from her perspective, she just wanted a resolution, Holly. I think so. Like, yeah. didn't want the sister hiding it, good or bad. Yeah, if, I guess in movie terms, yes, it makes sense. In in a real life scenario, I think is a dick move. Right, but you're well, invisible. She's, right. she's also exactly. invisible. What are you going to do? Exactly. You both. You're both right. She's an, an yeah. invisible asshole. Yeah. Fight me. You can't see me. <laughs> right. Well, you don't even know I exist. Would she be able to see? Would John Cena be able to see her? Ooh. Ooh. Would she be able to see John, John Cena? Cena. Can oh. other invisible people see each other? Are there other invisible people? This, huh. this was is Shane invisible the whole time. <laughs> I don't think he was. 
It would be great if he was in the octagon and like f- if these guys are fighting a ghost. <laughs> so who am I fighting? All of a sudden, gets punched in the face. Who was that? Where am I? <laughs> she then goes to see her brother and watches his leg video and realizes it's less creepy than she expected it to be, but it's still kind of weird. It's still creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's more of a tribute to their mother than she realized. She then realizes that her brother is taking videos of the same girl. So Holly goes out and trips the girl as she walks by. That's such a brutal trip, too. Yeah. It basically just kicks her legs out from under. Brother goes out to help her, and they have a little meet-cute as he helps her after her fall. So then goes to her dad's and realizes that he never got over her mother's death. And her hero realizes the mother's death impacted everyone, not just her. I could have told you that, for fuck's sakes. Right. Again, I think it makes sense if you see that the like Jim Gaffigan and the other the, the other kids don't care about the mom. Like maybe they're like, they treat her poorly, you know, then it, then it would make more sense as to why, uh, why Holly feels the way she feels. Hmm. I also don't know why this mom was so special. Well, cause she, she saw life differently. And did she? Yeah. According to Holly, she, she, she played favorites with her children. Well, life like that's was, a, that's a character flaw. If I ever heard one. Oh yeah, I agree. But according to Holly, the mom saw life as a puzzle that needed to be solved and he liked colorful things. So she's different. <sighs> you, you wouldn't get it, Ann. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> then she follows her dad to the cemetery where he places flowers at the mother's grave for the anniversary. She then decides to go to the fight and she watches him get the shit kicked out of him by Mate until after one round, she climbs into the ring, grabs Shane's hand and he's getting, as he's getting worked on by the trainer. And now he can see her all of a sudden. So can everyone else. So she leaves the ring when the trainers do and the fight continues. She watches from the side until she gets escorted out by security. Shane loses the fight via split decision, but it's a moral victory more than anything. Shane breaks up with Juliana, who takes it really well, plans to jump Randy Couture's bones immediately after. And Shane stops security from escorting Holly out of the building. They make up and leave. Then she says that her part of the journey is to learn the pain of others. And then she goes to visit her dad and now he can see her in the hug. And that's the end of the movie. That's a, the end of Above the Shadows. Wish, wish it was what I thought it was going in. Um, I, I also saw some weird person that uh, had their own theory for things that were edited out of the movie. And it had something to do with like an evil demon that cursed the family or something. I'm like, that might have been a little more interesting. That would be cool. I could <laughs> yeah. go for that. But it just, yeah, because I searched. Literally at the end of the movie, I was like, "Did I miss something?" And I just searched, "Why was she invisible? Like, did she run away? You know, was that mentioned anywhere?" And no, all, all the articles about the end was just talking about you know the themes of the movie and not the practicality of everything. And I think that's that's basically why this movie isn't as good as it should be. Is it's worried more about its message than the actual um, structure and plot of the, of, of the movie itself. Also. Why is this a moral victory for Shane? Because he's back in the spotlight and he held his own against Randy Couture. Yeah, and then in Above the Shadows 2, he wins. Oh, is there an Above the Shadows 2? No, I'm just I'm oh, making okay. a Rocky reference. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Where the moral but, victory is he goes 15 rounds with um, Apollo. I, I think the problem is he hasn't really won a fight legitimately. True. So there is nobody no else knows victory. that. Yeah. So he, he probably would have lost both of those other fights. More than likely. Yeah, I, uh, boy. I, I think if they get rid of the blackmailing idea, that's probably a better moral victory because it's, he actually achieved something. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't actually achieve anything. Yeah. Right. 
All right. Well, that is Above the Shadows. And we are going to take a quick break. And you guys are going to listen to some ads so we can pay those bills. And we got one third segment coming up. And we'll be right back. And welcome back. And now it's time for the third segment. In this third segment, we're going to try something a little different. Um, If you're looking at me, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, maybe this is going to work out. But we are trying video for the first time as we record. So you probably see our happy faces if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're not, you're listening to us. We're going to try and make this as much as an audio third segment as we can. So what's been going on? On the internet, if you're following, is these grids, these immaculate grids for football, baseball, and now they have big grids. So we figured this was perfect for our third segment. And this week, that's what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and accomplishment this. So we went on to moviegrid.io, and that is the grid we're going to do for today's episode. So I was talking to these guys offline. We're going to basically go one guess for each person, and then we're just going to go one and then the other. They're not playing against each other. We're just trying to fill up this bracket. So uh, so for those that are listening and not pl- not looking, basically this grid today is we have a grid that has Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg. So these guys need to fill out Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart movie. And then across there is Kristen Stewart released from 2010 to 2020, and then Kristen Stewart genre drama. The next row would be Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson released from 2010 to 2020 and genre drama. And then Andrew Garfield, Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield released 2010 to 2020 and Andrew Garfield genre drama. So, Mark, why don't you start us off? Where on the grid do you want to go? Let's go Kristen Stewart, Jesse Eisenberg, Adventureland. All righty. I got to go for my other. All right. Jesse Eisenberg. Kristen Stewart, Adventureland, yes, with a whopping 57.7%, which isn't too bad. a great rarity score. <laughs> yeah, uh, the thing with the movies is there's not really going to be many rarity scores that are high, <laughs> yeah. uh, that are low, because, you know, how many movies were Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart together? I count two. Other one being American Ultra. That's it. That, yeah, that would work. Yeah, the, uh, there, was one, there was one recently that literally it was two movies, um, and me and my coworker got one of each and it equaled 100%. It was pretty funny. Well, I got news for you. There might be a 100% one on this one. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine I know what it is by looking at it. <laughs> All right, Dan, what about you? Next one, uh, what do you got? I, I'm not going to go for the 100% one. At least I don't think. Uh, I'm going to go Woody Harrelson drama. I'm going to go No Country for Old Men. Okay. No Country for Old Men. Woody Harrelson drama. And it's right, 22.2%. Oh, cool. That's pretty low. I thought it, well, maybe because he doesn't have the huge role in it. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a smaller one, smaller smaller role. I actually did this uh, one earlier today. And who, what did I pick? Did I, I did 9 out of 9. So I went with Indecent Proposal. Oh, nice. It, that's a good idea. And tell us what you went with as okay. well as what we choose. And I went with American Ultra for the other one. All right. Mark, it's to you. What are you picking? Okay. I'm thinking this might be the 100% one. Um, I'm going to stick with my Eisenberg board and go down to Andrew Garfield and the social network. That's got to be the 100% one. That's the 100% one. Yep. (laughs) Andrew Garfield, Jesse Eisenberg have only been in one movie together. And it was the social network. Interesting. At least as far as I know. And as far as what everybody else knows. (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty sure we'd take that one off the board. Yeah. All right, Dan, where are you going next? 
All right, let's go Kristen Stewart. Movies released between, what is it, 2010 and 2020? Correct. Uh, I'm going to go Underwater. Underwater. The, uh, the horror movie. Mm, 4%. Nice. Very good. Was, uh, what was your answer for that one? Mine yeah. was On the Road. 0.6%. Uh, oh, nice. I was going to ask if Runaways was between 2010 and 2020. Okay. But I wasn't oh, sure. That was going to be my guess. All right. Nice. We've got uh, five left. Mark, where are you going next? Um, I really want to finish that Eisenberg category. Um, I think this is correct. It might be our first wrong one. Um, uh, Harrelson, Eisenberg, Now You See Me, the magician movie. Okay. Yeah, I think that'll work, Mark. That'll fly. I'm not too bold to go Now You See Me too. No, right? not sure <laughs> if they're both in that. <laughs> yep. Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg are, in fact, in know you, Now You See Me together. And that was actually the one I picked for this yeah. one. Wow, no zombie land for you guys. Too obvious. Yeah, it's very yeah, pretty obvious. Too obvious. Yeah. It was according to this, it was the the highest percentage of of right answers was Zombie Land for that one. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, Dan, where are you going? Filling it All up right. nicely. Let's go. Andrew Garfield drama, Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake. That's a good one. I can't imagine too many people have guessed that. I think this might be a low percentage one. Six point four. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I went with Hacksaw Ridge. That's a good one, too. Completely forgot he's in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> had, there were moments where I was like, I can't think of a single Andrew Garfield movie that isn't a Spider-Man movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost himself- that, I, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I almost put the, uh, was it No Way Home for the release between 2010 and 2020, but I think that came out 2022? Mm-hmm. 2021 it's a post-covid movie it is yeah yeah all right mark where are you going there's two i want to go um god i'm i'm a little nervous that my guess for harrelson in that middle is going to be post 2020 i'm not 100 percent sure all right um maybe dan can veto you if he thinks you're wrong oh maybe i want to say zombie land sequel is pre-2020 that sounds right Okay. Right, that might be a, that might be like 2018, 2019. Okay. Zombieland Double Tap, yeah. 2010 to 2020. Woody Harrelson. Cool. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 19.4. I believe that's actually the most guessed on this. this yeah. week. Cool. I picked Seven Psychopaths. Ooh, that's a good one. 1. 1.4. <laughs> I wonder is. I feel like this is like Stump the Schwab. <laughs> 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 Uh, all right, Dan, we got two left. Where do you want to go with this one? Uh, did we do Kristen Stewart drama yet? No, we have not. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do Spencer, uh, a newer movie. Spencer. Boom. 39.9%. Cool. Yeah, I that's picked... a newer movie, right? Yeah. So nominated for, for Best Actress. I picked The Runaways. 0.6%. That was going to be my other pick. If that was going between that and Zombieland, Double Tap. Like, that, fill in one of those squares. That's a mm. sub one percenter movie, huh? Sub one percent, the runaways. Yep. I should I should have right. went there. Um, All right, Mark, you have the pleasure to finish this one off. To think of an Andrew Garfield movie mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> between 2010 and 2020. I think that's the toughest r- column is yeah. 2010 to 2020 because you start to question what your memory of when the movies came out. So I'm gonna phone a friend to Dan. Um, oh. No, 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 no. Meaning, uh, you can veto. Was oh, his last okay. was his last Spider-Man post 2010? 
yes, uh, Spider. Yes, there is a Spider-Man movie that came out after 2010. His 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 sequel. Okay. Yeah. An Amazing Spider-Man yeah. two. Two. Yeah, I want to say that was like 2013, that's 2014. The, that's the only movie from that time period. Yeah. Look at that. We got a perfect nine out of nine. That was pretty good. Yeah. Our score, 2036. I, I won't say that this was a lot easier than the other movie grid that I found um, has been recently. Oh, yeah? For me. Maybe because it was newer actors, you know, like like actors in like movies I've seen them in okay. together. Um, maybe I just got lucky, like the one baseball grid where I got mm-hmm. nine out of nine, like almost instantly. Right. Without stopping. The yep. I, I like the crossover grid one. That's the one I use. Yeah, yeah, that's the, a good one too. The under fifty Rotten Tomatoes for that one mm-hmm. is always throwing me off. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun. This I like this one too. It's it's more straightforward, but it, it like Ant said, it makes you start to think. When did a, that, a certain movie come out? That middle section is what killed me. Yeah, they, you know, it's it, not it, super easy. Yeah, yeah. For our memory, if for memory wise, it's like I'm sitting there going, I know these movies like. I'm thinking either they're too old or too new. Mm-hmm. Like every movie I was coming up with in that category. Yeah, I and put I, Amer- I put Amazing Spider-Man two for that last guest because yeah, I was, that was saying. the only Garfield movie I could think. Of yeah. Did the second? Did the first one not come out between 2010 and 2020? I think it did. It probably came out like 2012. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I, I felt like I was, I was living thinking, in Lawrenceville at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember when the Tom Holland Spider-Man started. That was sort of my issue in my memory. Mm. Uh, 2016, possibly. That's why I was thinking that it might be closer to 2010 than it actually was the Garfield Spider-Man's. Yeah, right. it, it was for sure. Yeah, yeah, but but I will say before we got started recording here, I I went to the Eisenberg thing because I thought I had those answers right away. Just as soon them. as the board, as soon as the board popped up, I'm like, I think I know all three of those. Yeah, I, he's not I, in I, many I, movies. No, no, I I remembered. Uh, underwater, the Kristen Stewart movie, because that was that's a COVID movie. It came out right before COVID hit. It was like a mm-hmm. February 2020, yeah. or I think it yeah. came out January 2020. Gotcha. The, I guess the only other one for um, the middle column for Woody would have been the last or second to last Hunger Games, possibly. Well, maybe I, I don't keep up. I don't know which one he was. Up. I think he dies in one of them, possibly. I think he might be in all of them. I think you're thinking of Lenny Kravitz dies. Oh, yes, Lenny Kravitz dies. But I think all of those came out between 2010 and 2020. Yeah. I think each, uh, each one of them. Yeah. That's okay. possible. That another one. But Double Tap, I was fairly tough. But yeah, yeah the, the, and the only reason I remembered Woody Harrelson and Now You See Me is because of TikTok movies popping up. They, mm-hmm. I saw like three days ago, I saw the, uh, the interrogation scene from that movie where they uh, go between single. Now you see me. Yeah, they. That's all I've seen of it is that they go around to the four of them being interrogated. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Woody Harrelson being there. Gotcha. Yeah. This well, was fun. I like this. Yeah. yeah definitely. Hopefully, the video comes out. If you're watching this, that means it did come out. If you're not watching this, could mean it came out and could mean it didn't. Yeah. You'll never know. <laughs> you're not following us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Go follow us Do on it. YouTube. What are you doing? It's yeah. free. I do not. I never say go follow us on YouTube when I when it comes to the final up parts. Yeah, of the just episode. hit just hit the subscribe button there. It's free. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> but below. that is that is officially our episode. So I want to thank you guys for coming. Tune us in next week. You get us on all your socials, I guess. 
on TicTampod at on Instagram, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, is now X on Threads, I guess. Uh, still not on Blue Sky, even though I've been invited. I don't think I'm mm-hmm. fuck at this point. Uh, <laughs> they call us a movie on TikTok. We're over there. Check us out there. Any questions, comments, you want to suggest a movie to us, ticktampod at gmail.com. And yeah, I think that's all. And follow us on YouTube. Just look for They Call This a Movie. Yeah. We should be on there. We post little short versions of our podcast. We also post our podcast there. Tons of great content for you there as well. Yeah, a lot of backlog, so mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Yes. All right. That's it. The We're going to get out of here. The director of this movie. I closed my notes. Don't remember. Above the shadows. Above the I shadows. Forget this. This. I don't remember. Name. I'm saying I don't remember what her cat. What her name is. Pretty sure director. it's Claudia. Mo- it, Claudia I can't Miller. Wait. Claudia Miller. I'm looking up right now. I can't wait for this movie to show up on one of our grids. Olivia Thrillby. Claudia it's Myers. Me. How did I forget that? Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, the director of Above the Shadows is Claudia Myers. So for. Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. This is Anthony Pavecchio telling Claudia Myers, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.